Hello there, you're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today we are speaking with Joe Sullivan, co-founder of Gorilla 76, a St. Louis-based industrial marketing agency. For 14 years, Joe and his team have helped mid-sized B2B manufacturers identify, attract, engage, and drive sales opportunities with customers. The company uses a combination of positioning, content marketing, search engine optimization, website development, and sales enablement, among others. Prior to founding Gorilla76, Joe worked as an art director for Shop Company, whose clients include Millicores and Russell Stover. He earned dual bachelor's degrees in advertising design and business marketing from Washington University in St. Louis. Joe, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Catherine. How did you get into the B2B industrial marketing uh, um, arena 14 years ago? I mean, what types of manufacturers make up your customer base and what are the needs you're addressing? Well, in a way, we just kind of fell into it. You know, there are, are other um, industrial marketers out there who started as engineers and then figured out marketing. We were, uh, my business partner, John, and I started with marketing backgrounds and kind of quickly found a niche working with manufacturers. Um, and we were, you know, it was kind of in our earliest days, we started working with business to business companies with complex solutions. And, um, and we liked working with companies who kind of, you know, got their hands dirty building and making things. And so it was kind of a lot of construction and manufacturing. And it was probably about eight or nine years ago. And we sort of committed to the industrial sector and said, we're going to kind of own this and make this our, our, our niche. And, um, so it was, it was a conscious decision based on the companies that we were having the most success with and who were getting value out of, um, you know, what we could do. So, um, yeah. So what, uh, overall trends are you witnessing with those clients? Well, there's, you know, a lot going on right now and you know, at the time we're recording this, of course, it's, uh, uh, things are, are, are weird out there and, and uh, a lot of uncertainty, but, uh, generally speaking, you know, now and prior to this, what we are finding uh, is that companies who sell complex things, so le less so with you know, companies who are selling um, more commodity products or widgets off the shelf, more companies who are selling you know, complex solutions, whether it's a product or a service, uh, to you know, through through long buying processes, to committees of buyers that are made up of engineers and plant managers and procurement folks and C-suite, um, you know, hard-hitting sales messages just are not working the way they used to. People are toning that out. There's you know an overabundance of that messaging, um, and what's working is when companies can, who are, who are truly experts in something or have a team of people who have deep expertise in what they do, uh, when they can sort of harness their knowledge and expertise and start turning that or pulling all of that into their outbound sales process, into their inbound and outbound marketing processes, now all of a sudden they're, they're being heard and listened to uh, by the right people from the right companies. So less about sort of blasting a megaphone in the ears of, of your prospects and customers saying, hey, this is who we are and all the things you should buy from us and why our customer service is better than everybody else. And, you know, it's all it's kind of falling on deaf ears. It's all lip service until people can experience those things. So it's it's a matter of 
just kind of changing your mindset and, and trying to be helpful in creating value and demonstrating your expertise along the way to build trust and attention that will open the door to sales conversations. One of those tools uh, is content marketing, uh, something that's of personal interest to me. Could you explain that uh, the, the concept of concept uh, concept of content marketing to our audience? You know, how does that work in driving prospects and sales? Sure. So, I, I believe that content is really at the core of a successful marketing strategy these days. And again, for for companies who are we're selling something that that is complex and um, and requires often requires some education of of the buyer, uh, but you know content marketing is really about taking the insights and expertise of your team and using it to help you get found by people who are out there looking for answers to questions they're experiencing, who are looking for um, you know technical specifications around things who are maybe looking for, um, and what one I've heard quite a bit lately is, is, you know, people looking for CAD models, uh, you know, in the manufacturing space. And, uh, and, and then the companies who are out there putting these things out there publicly, answering those questions that they're commonly getting on sales calls or in engineer to engineer conversations, uh, who are, you know, giving, not giving away their secret sauce, but providing a taste of it in a way that's actually helpful and, and non-preachy, publishing that stuff publicly, maybe promoting it through social channels, using email to deliver that content to people in their database. You know, that's, that's sort of what content marketing is about. It's about understanding, deeply understanding who your customer is at a company level, who the people are who influence the buying process, what those people care about, and then creating assets that could be written or visual or audio or what, you know, whatever form makes sense that will help them get discovered and, and earn trust and attention. The foundational aspect of it is knowing your audience, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think a lot of companies try to, they try to outsource their content and they, they look for how to get that done as cheaply as possible. You know, we, well, we need blog posts on our site. We were told we need blog posts. We need to do SEO or search engine optimization. We need to, you know, be doing email marketing or social media or have a LinkedIn presence. And so they just start churning out, you know, mediocre content that is really not that valuable to the, those ideal people that they're trying to reach and, and it falls flat and, um, you know, it doesn't get them anywhere. So I think the the success, the companies in the manufacturing space who are doing content marketing successfully are exactly what you said, Catherine. They're understanding who their ideal buyers are deeply and, and really, you know, dialing in on what those people care about, what they're trying to achieve. Because it's, it's, about, it's about your customer. It's not about you. Nobody wants to hear your message until they believe that you understand them and the issues they've faced and you've seen those things before and you've helped others like them address those issues. Actually, your question, your uh, comment about social media, um, I, I usually get the, the question of, well, do you need a marketing strategy in all the platforms or should you focus on a couple? With, you know, Should you focus on LinkedIn and Twitter versus Facebook and Instagram, or should you focus on YouTube? I mean, do you think that there's, that makes sense, or does it depend on the situation as to what a company should do? Yeah, I think, you know, the, it depends is, is, uh, is of course the answer here. And, um, 
you know, really the, the best, if I had to simplify my answer, it's you know, where is your company, where is your, is your audience active? Um, and it doesn't have to be where are they active professionally. So I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. You know, I think LinkedIn is, is becoming a really great publishing platform in itself. You could almost think of a LinkedIn post. You, you have 1300 characters to communicate something. And if you can create value right there inside of LinkedIn's platform and start building an audience of the right people from the right companies. Um, it's actually really kind of a, uh, a wide open field for, uh, for starting to develop relationships with people. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that that's a great platform with in and of itself. It, th- this might sound not completely, you know, you might, when you think of Facebook, you might think, ah, that's more, you know, B to C or, you know, people, you know, moms posting pictures of their, their kids or, or whatever. And, um, but you know, while I wouldn't necessarily off the bat recommend Facebook as a place to publish tons of content and try to organically develop leads, um, the, the database that Facebook has of, of people is something that can be leveraged by manufacturers. You know, a lot of, the audiences of a lot of the companies we consult are males in their fifties and sixties. And those people are on Facebook. And so you could use, uh, for example, you could use a retargeting, um, strategy where you say, well, let's, let's use, you know, anybody who is logged into their Facebook account account and has a profile. Um, you know, we could, we could plant some code on our site so that when those people visit our site, well, we could use Facebook's database to then show them ads elsewhere on the internet when they're on ESPN.com or Cabela's or, or whatever it might be. And so um, that's sort of a, you know, you have to kind of get in that mindset of how do we, where is our audience? What platforms are they on? And how could we leverage those platforms? Even if it might not be right inside that platform, we might be able to use the database of people that that platform has all kinds of information on. So, so let's connect that to inbound marketing and uh, versus outbound marketing. Um, you know, um, what leads to fast results and what leads to sustained rates of influence? I mean, can a balance actually be achieved? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's one that um, that I talk about a lot because there are decisions you're going to make on the marketing front that are not really going to um, bear fruit in the first few months or sometimes in the, even the first year that you're doing them. And some of those things tend to be, you know, search engine optimization, for example. You know, if you want to rank first in, in Google or second or third for the most important keywords, well, in a lot of cases, there are 500 other companies out there that are trying to do the same thing. And you have to convince Google that this particular page on your site is better than all the this comparable pages on all the other sites. And so, you know, it doesn't matter how much you pay somebody, you, you may not be able to, to make that happen ever. Uh, or if you can, sometimes it takes a lot of time. And so, um, you know, what you need to do is, is look at, you know, kind of where is the, uh, you know, where is the opportunity? Where can we, um, you know, m- maybe there are some quick wins. You, know, you think about search engine optimization. Again, there's, there are long tail keywords as us marketers would describe them, or, you know, it might be a string of words um, that, you know, is a specific problem that a plant manager is, is often facing. That might be, you know, a, something that's only searched 10 or 20 times a month, but you know, it's be, 
because of how specific it is that it's the right person from the right type of company searching it. And maybe that's a keyword you could own by writing a really great article that addresses those things and prompts a conversation. Um, so anyway, I guess I'm going on a little bit of a tangent there, but things like search engine optimization, content marketing, you know, a lot of times what you're doing, you know, and even your website, you're building a foundation for long-term sustainable success there. And, and so I think because, you know, who has the patience to wait a year for results? Well, nobody. So you have to complement that with things that can get you to results more quickly. Uh, some of those things tend to be direct marketing, um, using paid media channels, Google ads, you know, pay-per-click, um, using retargeting technologies like I just talked about with Facebook, uh, where you are targeting visitors who have maybe come to your website and then you're showing them ads elsewhere. Uh, there's you know, other ways to use paid social where you could, you could tell LinkedIn, hey, show this really great piece of content that we just produced about a specific problem for a specific person, show it to people who have this job title from this type of company in this geographic region uh, at companies that are 250 to 500 people in size and you know, this level of revenue. And you can get that specific with, you, with your targeting uh, and, and you could start running those ads tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, I, I think again, at the core of all this is insightful content that, you know, is helpful in nature and is focused on the things your best prospects and customers actually care about. If you can make that, then it's a matter of how do we distribute that content and get it in front of as many people as possible. Some of that will happen organically through the search engines, but that that's probably going to take a little time. So, you know, we need to, to also promote that content in front of the right audience and putting a little bit of a paid media budget behind it and delivering it into people's inboxes directly through email is a good way to drive results in the short term. I don't think people realize it after being recipients of uh, mass customization with Google ads and Facebook ads and, and other targeted media that uh, they can actually harness that for themselves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you think of, of you know, when you're, you're on the receiving end of that, probably 95% plus of the messages you get, whether it's an, an email flowing into your inbox or an ad that you're seeing, you know, it, it's most of these messages are, are aggressive, salesy, you get annoyed by them, uh, you don't want that. And, and it, so what I'm preaching is you, you take a different approach. If you, if you really do deeply understand your customer and what they care about and you can you know, make your message helpful in nature, you know, this is marketing that people actually want to consume. And it's just a completely different, uh, different approach that, uh, that you know, frankly, the manufacturing sector is behind on. Uh, let's talk about the 800-pound gorilla. Uh, when an economic downturn happens, marketing is usually the first budget that gets cut. Uh, in the wake of COVID-19, some manufacturers are furloughing employees and dealing with disruptive supply chains uh, and or dramatically changing their product lines. Uh, with companies in survival mode, what actions do you recommend, uh, especially with small and mid-sized firms that they take to position themselves? Sure. Well, it's not surprising to see people chopping marketing budgets in a time like this, but the reason that that has happened is because a majority of manufacturing organizations are throwing marketing dollars away uh, or have traditionally done so with things that are not measurable. They're not producing results. Um, it, marketing's function should be generating demand and awareness and opening the door to tangible business opportunities. 
And if it's not doing that, then something's wrong. And so it's sort of a testament when you see marketing budgets getting cut that marketing's just looked at as an expense, not an investment in, in generating business opportunities. So the things that are going away, obviously trade shows are, are pretty much out the door for this year for the most part, right? IMTS. And, and those, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, and I, you know, I see, I have clients who you know, do IMTS every other year and, and have, you know, invest literally a few hundred thousand dollars into shipping equipment across the country and floor space and sending a huge team of people there. And, and they, they actually get pretty good results from it too, which is, you know, like some of these trade shows are, are really viable sources of new business. And now, now they're gone. And it's like, well, what do we do now? We still have to keep a, a flow of, of, you know, new leads coming in the door. How do we, how do we do it? And, um, so I, I think, you know, so there's that, I mean, I, I'm not trying to, um, I'm not saying trade shows are the answer or not the answer. I, it, there's some of both. I think there's a lot of wasted money at trade shows too. Uh, some are great. Some, some are not. And the way people use them is probably the most important thing. But, um, you know, I see a lot of, of money thrown away at running $5,000 a month print ads and trade journals. And, you know, I look at those and say, okay, well, this is a branded ad. It, it's a, it's your, your logo really big and a picture of your equipment and, and your website address and a phone number. Like what, what is this doing for you? And, and nobody can ever answer that question. I don't know. We've just been always, we've been running this ad for 15 years and it's just, it's good for our awareness. Well, what you could do with an ex with $5,000 a month to generate tangible leads uh, create a bunch of really exceptional content that puts the spotlight on your the expertise of your engineers and your you know, account managers and your the president of your company and then to, to broadcast that in front of you know your whole tra- total addressable market as opposed to running a, a branded print ad. I mean, it's it's it kind of is mind blowing, but a lot of people just don't know what's an option or they've never thought that way because they're so sales heavy and and have never really figured out how to do marketing. So I think it's, it's, yeah, I think, I think you should be cutting your print ad budget and, and yeah, your, your trade show budget's cut because the trade show's not happening, but there's a way to invest in marketing that will keep your, your funnel full, at least for, you know, companies where there is still demand for what they're selling, which is, you know, a separate problem, of course. But um, yes, that's kind of my take on it. What other strategies and tactics come to mind on how um, firms can continue moving forward with their suppliers and their customers or even uh, obtain new customers? Yeah, well, um, you know, some, something that we've been advising our clients to do is, is kind of step back and think about who's actually buying right now. Uh, and and what or who will be on, you know in the near future what's what's on the horizon um, it, pretty consistently across the companies that that we consult we're seeing that you know, their customers are are sort of pausing on large capital expenditures for the rest of this year it's those they're just not making those investments right now unless it's absolutely necessary um, because that they just don't know what you know, what revenue is going to look like for the, it's just so many question marks. It's just on, you know, obviously an unprecedented time, which is, sounds cliche to say, but it's just the truth. Right. And so, you know, I think you have to look at where is there still a need or where do you expect, you know, using your best judgment, there will be um, demand in, in the coming months. And can you start focusing on, 
um, on building some engagement with that audience? Could you write a, a piece of content or film a video that's, you know, says that as you look ahead to, you know, 2021 or the Q4 and you're, um, and you're thinking about, you know, investments to make in this type of equipment, um, you know, here are some things you might want to start thinking about and just be helpful in nature. And, and if you can broadcast that message and promote it in front of all the right people from the right companies, well, you're probably not going to generate a sale in the next few months, but that's not going to happen anyway. You can't change the, you can't change the timeline that someone's going to buy on, but you can influence it by being helpful and providing insight to them that will help them you know, in these early stages of that buying process and make you the obvious first person they call when uh, they want to have a sales conversation. Speaking of horizons, uh, what's next for Gorilla 76? Yeah, well, good question. We, um, we are sort of really beginning our foray into uh, video content at a, at a, uh, in a more intensive way. We've, you know, we've known for, for a number of years that you know, things are, you look at the data out there, people are just consuming more and more video content. And, and now with, you know, especially in, in light of what's happened with COVID, you know, these Zoom is the new like Kleenex or Xerox, right? It's, it's like in the sense that that brand name is like everybody does a Zoom, right? It's, it's a, uh, people are becoming comfortable with technology that they probably avoided. And, uh, and a lot of that is video based. And so um, what we've, we've been starting to help our clients do is um, we, we do this thing called knowledge extraction day where in an, early, in an engagement with the client, we get the subject matter experts around specific topics, the things I've been talking about, you know, the, what are the things your customers care about? Who's the subject matter expert inside your company? Let's set up a camera on them all day and uh, with professional equipment and let's conduct interviews and just pull all this knowledge and insight out of their brains. And, and now you have, you know, hours and hours of footage that can be used as you know, longer videos for YouTube that could be streamed into your site, break it up into micro content that could be used in social channels. It can be used as the, as your ad content on LinkedIn or Facebook or, or elsewhere. Uh, and then all, all these insights can be, you know, these, these videos can be transcribed. They could be, you know, you could have a, have a copywriter take all those insights and turn it into written content. And so I think that's where, uh, the future of content marketing is headed. Uh, and, and so we're, we're trying to sort of get on top of that and help, help the manufacturing sector figure out how to do that in a way that's going to be helpful. That's great. Thank you, Joe, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure being a guest.